We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It wasn't the smartest moment I've ever had. I mean, when owner comes in after training camp practices and is like, hey, how's the quarterback? And he, what he means is the starter or the second. And you and irritation go, I don't know, but our third guy's the best. Like, that's not what he wants to hear. So that's why he remembers it very strong. But that was just more, Brock was so good right away with every rep he got. He was always the same. And he only got a couple of them. So it was easy for me to say. Because in his few reps, he was the best. But if you know that for a fact, I mean, then you do what you do right away. But he was the best. and But you ease that on. And every time he got a little more reps, it was the same as when he only got two. And so when it was all said and done and he got a lot of playing time, I was like, oh, this looks exactly like what I told you when I was irritated. And he only had three reps. And I said, no, he's the best. But that's what was so real about Brock. That's why after his seven games, his rookie year, even when he got hurt, we knew what we had because he'd been that way in practice every day. And it was the exact same way in the games. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. That is Kyle Shanahan, and uh, and he is the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. He's a stud. And, uh, yeah, I heard I heard Dustin this morning in the pregame show, David. I don't know if you, if you spent a lot of time with him, but he said he, – he played something along those lines and said – We've always joked that he's a stud. And I don't think it was ever a joke. I, I, I believe what happened is Shanahan had a rough go of it in the uh, when he was with Atlanta, and Dustin was ready to fire him as the OC. Yeah. The anniversary of that, by the way, seven years ago yesterday. Okay. okay. And I said, I just dismissed Dustin and said, oh, Kyle Shanahan's a stud. And that was before he was even hired by the Niners. I just thought he was a great up-and-coming coach. And lo and behold, here we are at the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's a great coach. That wasn't a great day for him, 28-3. That was not. He'll not live that down. You know, when he was talking about Brock Purdy, though, I think it was very interesting because it speaks to what every fan or analyst in every NFL city can relate to in some, in some degree. You know, we went through that here in Chicago. Right. One of the reasons Tyson Bagent was elevated, made the roster, started games, was because, like him or love him or hate him, whatever, Luke Getze saw in Tyson Bagent an extension of himself on the field. Hmm. It, it, was a, it was like my scheme, he's doing everything according to our plan. And in Brock Purdy, I understand what Kyle Shanahan was saying when he was – explaining that exchange with Jed York. And it was funny because, you know, Brock Purdy, the last guy drafted, and he's in camp with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and all the, th- guy, the guys that were, should be stealing the show. And Brock Purdy is this guy that's standing out. Why? Not because he's got the best arm or the, the most athletic. It's because he's doing everything right. Mm. He's doing everything asked. He's coachable. 
he's pliable, and coaches love those guys. So when he's saying that he's the best guy, I think what he's also saying is he's the most coachable guy. He's not going to be the biggest athlete and the strongest arm, but he might be the smartest quarterback and the right guy for the right time for the 49ers. And as I recall, unless I'm utterly wrong, Tyson Bajan went 2-2 two and two as a starter. Did he not? He did, yeah. 2-2, two and two. he played in five games, came in for the uh, uh, Justin Fields in the Vikings game at home, and then he went 2-2 two and two as a starter. Now, was was his success exaggerated? Absolutely. That's what we do in Chicago. 2-2, uh, two and two. Uh, what did uh, Justin Fields go? <laughs> See, now, oh, how did the Bears that's play? what I mean. Thank you. Thank you for, for, <laughs> for filling that role of Grabowski because we do get carried away. And, and I, but, but I think, though, the, the comparison in, in the example, I think, is still uh, there's a parallel between you know how right. offensive coaches think. It's like if they can just get a guy who yes. can – make the read the way I want him to make the read, can hit the open receiver. When I see him coming open and we watch the tape together, it's going to be obvious to everybody. That's what Tyson Bajan was to Luke Getze. That's what Brock Purdy is to Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy have Pro Bowl caliber weapons to execute that offense, Mm. and you're seeing the results of that. And I I do think, though, that it is fascinating to me that they – by virtue of their playoff run, right? And and they obviously didn't have as many games as the Chiefs because they finished as the number one seed in the NFC, and they beat the Packers, although the Packers had them, and then they beat the Packers, and they beat the Lions, although the Lions had them. It's just interesting to me that our takeaway from that was – my God, the NFC's North's going to be good, and the Bears got to take the North, and they got a couple teams ahead of them. That was our take. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if anyone thought, how is it that the Niners aren't doing better against this team, these teams? And and it really took a little bit of a mistake meltdown slash meltdown for them to get to the situation they're in now. And are they playing the best football they've played? Are those weapons working? If you get ahead of them, can that quarterback come back and take you out like he did a couple of uh, of NFC North teams? I think they've been more resourceful than they probably planned to be and maybe they had to be during the regular season. But regular season, 49ers, they were more impressive than they weren't have been in the postseason. In the postseason – you can say that they've been impressive because they have survived these games, but I think that they were challenged more than anybody expected, and that's bad news for, obviously, you know, the NFC North, but I don't think the 49ers were as dominant in the playoffs as maybe we thought they would be at one point in December. And a lot of that is because of Purdy, I think, because he has finished strong, and I don't want to take away anything from what he's accomplished. My goodness, how far he has come. But – he has struggled early in these games, and he's come on late and made clutch plays because he's had to. So you give him credit for that. But I think if the 49ers struggle against the Chiefs, it will be because Steve Bagnolo has found a way to rattle a guy who has shown he can be rattled in this postseason. And, and I also believe that, that, the, that Patrick Mahomes and that group, they, they're not the Green Bay Packers, even if uh, – we believe that the quarterback is getting significantly better for them. They they are not the uh, the Detroit Lions, even if Jared Goff had a really good.
good season. If they fall behind and if they're looking to come back, and again, they, they hadn't done it all year. They hadn't. They don't do it much under uh, Shanahan. I think if they're down eight points or more, they're like 0-36. Wow. And I, I, I'm just saying, in his career as a head coach, that covers a lot of different quarterbacks. So I wonder mm. if a guy like Mahomes with the Jordan-esque ability, right? We keep talking mm-hmm. about that. And I – you know, again, a lot more people in the game and a lot a totally different game, and you can dominate easier for, for Mike Jordan than Patrick Mahomes. But Mahomes, great player. And if they have the lead and if they have the coaching and they have the defensive coordinator and they're trying to close out a game, I think they're more likely to do it than, than you know, either – Green Bay in their youngest team in the league thing, or Detroit never been to a Super Bowl. No doubt about it. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. Yeah, and I and I think that I, I think that's you know I, it's impossible not to want Brock Purdy to succeed at this level on this stage because of the story. Right. But the challenge could you know it, it it's, it's going to be greater than I think than people anticipate because the chief defense. As much as people in Kansas City respect it, I don't know if around the league there's a, that, that kind of respect. They talked about that last night at Super Bowl media night because that chief defense could be the reason they end up celebrating again. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of pumped up for this game because I, you know, Mike casually, well, they'll win by ten. I, I mean, like, wow. Really? They're going to win this game by 10? Wow. I, 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 I don't know that that's the case. I do think if it's a close game, I like the Niners um, less than I like the Chiefs. But I have not reached a point where I know exactly how I'm going to approach it. I think, you know, when we talk about Mahomes and this kind of Jordanist run and all that stuff, a guy that's playing ab- above the game, I-, I think that's very influential as you look at it. But, my God, when you break down the weapons, you know, they've got so much. San Francisco, Christian McCaffrey, and I'm not just saying this because of flag and anthem, although I'm wearing flag and anthem now, David, as I do every day, and I know that Christian tries to dress like me. So that does influence me a little bit. That guy's a good football player. Debo Samuel is one of my favorite players in the league. I love, I love his speed. I love his ability to run. Um, I again, I think that um, I love everything about that team, and I'm I'm a big fan of Shanahan, and I have been for a long time. And I believe that he really needs this game to kind of put a flag in that legacy. And he's not just his father's son and all that stuff. And he's not. He's a really good coach. I think he needs a Super Bowl title to yeah. confirm right. uh, what everyone says about him. And if he is indeed the best coach in the NFL or one of the best in the, those elite coaches, they have a Super Bowl ring to prove it. And I think that would definitely be the next step for him in terms of that ascension, those kind of connections, the Shanahan tree, if you will. So, yeah, I think that uh, it, it all could come together. I don't think it will be – a blowout, I think Chiefs by 10 sounded really, really bold. I, I think that's more of a dream than reality, and that was Mike Florio's dream. Um, close game does favor the Chiefs. I don't think it favors the 49ers. That's why I do think it will be close, and I do think it, as we sit here on Tuesday morning, it's hard to envision betting against Patrick Mahomes in what promises to be a close one. And, and, and yet 
Dave took the Niners, and he did that because you know he loves when you run that football, and he believes they'll be able to do that. The Chiefs can run the ball too. Pacheco's a really underrated weapon. People never talk about him. He's very good, and the Chiefs' offensive line can move the move the pile. I, I think the Chiefs' running game could be as good. I know the 49ers, they – they definitely execute in the running game very well, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount the Chiefs' running game here. Yeah, I, I'm not done yet in terms of making the pick. I'm taking every waking moment. I'm gonna. You're gonna uh, wait yes. till Friday, six forty. Yes. One. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I won't. I will lean one way, and then I'll lean the other way. And, and you'll change I, your mind by Sunday at, at noon. And then I'll uh, I'll go against the public eventually. Yeah, eventually. Because <laughs> you are the villain. <laughs> I like the villain. I like the villain in this game. I, I tell you what, and I'm not joking. I love the idea of telling your teammates, and I don't care how much money you make, and obviously the guy is a ton of dough. I love the idea of saying, hey, we are here for one reason, and that is to win a Super Bowl. And if you want a party, I'll bring everyone back, and you can bring your loved ones, and we'll have a party in love Las that. Vegas. That's love great. That. That's great. That's great, great. for commerce. Why doesn't, why doesn't Purdy do that? Yeah, he's not in that tax bracket yet. I know. He's barely. Yeah. The guy is, is, we have, yeah. have much money. That's the difference between Mr. Irrelevant and Mr. Irreplaceable. <laughs> you know, it's funny. They asked him about the Mr. Irrelevant thing yesterday, and, and he was like, yeah, I'll take that nickname. That's fine. I wonder how he really <laughs> feels about that. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder what it is like. To, to be Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick in a draft, the last pick, which is celebrated by this bizarre little group down in, uh, in California, and they fly out there and they throw a parade and they have, like, a lot of fun with that. First of all, you know, some of the Mr. Irrelevants have done okay in the league. It's not impossible. But um, I, I, being in the Super Bowl, Mr. Irrelevant – and, and as as quickly as he's made it here, that's gotta that's gotta be a fire within you that uh, that that you carry. Just all the being passed over. Same thing with Tyson Bajan, who wasn't even drafted. Well, you can't be a starting quarterback in the NFL without having a high level of competitiveness and being able to find an edge, even if there isn't one to find. Brock Purdy regardless of, of his limitations that you want to point out and you know, game manager status, as people like to say, he's the ultimate competitor. So I, I sense that he has used that as fuel. Mm. He's found something to motivate him. He sounds way, way too good to be true. His perspective on life, <laughs> on being a professional athlete, and always, you know, he comes across very humble, very prepared, very professional. But I got to think that you're right, the fire within – it's lit by the fact that he was called, he was drafted last, and he's constantly reminded that he was drafted last. Yeah, I, I, and I mean, even like as we, oh, how do you feel about the nickname? And ha ha, don't you think you've outplayed that? You know, that's that's just a that's just a daily reminder of the kind of stuff he must hear. Yeah, and it works. Something is working for him, so. Whatever, wherever he's finding the motivation, keep going to that source because it's paying off. Hey, Molly, we have breaking news. Did you see this? Uh-oh. Breaking news on the score. Powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Visit BetQL.com. The Blackhawks will host the next Winter Classic at Wrigley Field. 
Yes, the Blackhawks at Wrigley Field. Breaking news, and that is referred to as the Connor Bedard effect. <laughs> wow. When will that be? Next year? Next year. Do we have any more details on that? It's just the I don't specifically. Usually it's right around you know New Year's Day is mm-hmm. typically when they play that game. Wow. Cubs won't be playing then. I, I'm just sitting here, <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, man, they got to get a lot of players. But what's interesting <laughs> they is they better like, sign a new team. I went this past year to the uh, Winter Wonderfest over yes. at Wrigley. Oh, it was, it was wonderful. A great, yes, great it job. Was. Really cool. You could skate on Wrigley Field. Yeah. So, like, that's not going to be an option this year. Well, and I doubt they're going to be able to have the Chris Kringle market or well, any of that stuff well, well, with this event coming. You, well, you got to look at the timing of it all, right? I mean, let's, let's yeah, figure out the NHL. I'm is. saying this is a this is not just a Blackhawk. This is an NHL event, and it's not like you can just. Oh, just flip I the know, script. But, oh, I mean, can't you cr- Christmas Kringle uh, like right up to two oh, they, weeks? They, they will, they will, they will figure it out, guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, th- this is this is a cool thing. The NHL. This is the annual premiere event for the National Hockey League. They will worry about Christmas festivities later. This is a big deal. The Winter Classic going back to Chicago is a big deal. They're going to play the Blues, according to the Sun-Times. This is very cool. The Blues. Can you guarantee a Bedard goal in that game? Please? Yes. Uh, yes. I yes. guarantee it too. Today, we I, are. We are demanding a Bedard goal and uh, maybe two. Maybe an assist. Two points in that game. Why not? All right. I love it. Okay. We're going to head back to Vegas, and we're going to uh, – Talk about the Niners. We'll do that next. It's Mully and Haw on the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That work is being done every single day. We've had 23 experts out there. We've had the union out there. All of them think that's a very playable surface. It's softer than what they have practiced on. Uh, but that happens. Um, it's well within all of our testing standards. Uh, it is something that we think all our experts, as well as neutral field inspectors, have all said unanimously that it's a playable field. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. That's Roger Goodell. He is the commissioner of the National Football League, and he was answering a question about the idea that the Niners are up against a competitive disadvantage because they have to practice at UNLV while the Chiefs get the glory that is the Raiders' uh, private facility, practice facility, and Goodell says 23 experts told them the field's playable. Playable? (laughs) <laughs> All right. We are delighted to welcome in Larry Kruger. He's with 97.5, the game in San Francisco. And, uh, boy, Larry, Roger Goodell doesn't seem uh, – he doesn't seem like uh, he's willing to give anyone a pass. Larry joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino. Hey, Larry, how are you? Doing great, guys. Good morning. How you guys doing? Holding up, but you know, a little concerned about this practice facility stuff. 
Well, I mean, you know, and Goodell, I mean, now we're going to, are we going to define playable? I mean, uh, you know, it's, I'll say this. I I talked to Steve Young last night on my show and he said, you know, he had just talked to John Lynch and Steve said, Hey, it's a very big deal to Lynch and the 49ers. Um, and, And basically what happened here is that, you know, the Niners are at a very, you know, they're at a pretty yep. brand new facility at UNLV, $230 million renovation, whatever it was, but they laid sod over an at, over a field turf show. And they don't want to in any way look like they're, that one side has an advantage over another. Um, the reality is, is that there's no real solution here. I mean, the schedules are set. The, it doesn't sound like the Chiefs want to move their schedule around so that both sides use the Raiders facility, but they grade these practice fields. And according to what I heard, the Raiders, you know, the scores of an average NFL practice field are in the mid to high 70s, and that the Raiders practice field grades out at about an 80, and that the 49ers believe that their field is right in the 50s. Wow. So I don't know. I don't know if it's hazardous. Uh, the NFL says it's not a health and safety issue. It's a preference issue. But the 49ers, I can say this, are clearly not happy about it. And I don't know. They went through a walkthrough yesterday. They practiced for the first time at 2 p.m. Central time yesterday. Um, and But it was a walkthrough. Now, we'll see what they do today um, because, you know, the, what, what are your options if you're Kyle Shanahan? Maybe you find out, seek out an AstroTurf high school field and – and, you know, that has solid footing and go there. Um, but the 49ers are not happy about it. That's for sure. It is a health and safety issue. I think that finding an alternate field like a high school field would be an option. I'm just wondering, Larry, what is the answer besides logistics given for not being able to find a way to use the Raiders facility for both teams? Because it can't be that hard, can it, to be able to get one team in and out another team in and out and still have then to remove the doubts or the questions about which team had an advantage in preparation. Yeah. I mean, seriously, we're talking about what 90 minute practice, maybe two hour practice. There's 24 hours in a day. This can't be accomplished. I mean, guys, you guys, you know, are familiar with, you know, high school jamborees where they have entire leagues, <laughs> you know, play, right. play games right on one field. And they, and there's like 12 teams and they share the, one field. I mean, this could be done. I mean, I, I, you know, there's also the concern of over, you know, somebody leaving a recording device somewhere. I mean, that would be pretty easy to do. I mean, and you know, I know that sounds paranoid, but we do live in an era where Spygate actually happened. So, um, you know, there's probably some concern over that. So I don't, you know, I, from what I was told, the chiefs kind of pushed back on the idea of, moving the schedules around to accommodate both teams at the Raider facility. Uh, Andy Reid was asked about this yesterday in kind of an informal way by media on media night. And he's like, you know, played, played like, Oh, I, I see nothing. I know. And he certain, suddenly it's Hogan's <laughs> heroes, you know, I know nothing. I see nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, he, you know, he begged out fast on that. Um, he, you know, he pretended like he had no knowledge of any of that. So I don't know if there's negotiations going on behind the scenes, if the Niners will, you know, temper down their expectations for what they can get done on this field. If the field will be better after they complained about it, uh, if there's anything that can be done to harden it and make it a more firm, 
But to me, it's just the bottom line is whose brainiac idea was it to lay sod over a field turf with no nothing to grip onto it? Um, that seems very, you know, high in the sky thinking that that was going to be an acceptable NFL field condition. But um, we'll see. I, I, I almost guarantee that the league wants this story to go away, and then I can almost guarantee that it won't go away. So we'll probably get an update on that later today. The, the, the Raiders facility cost $183 million. It's a state-of-the-art facility. They have three full-length football fields. They got an indoor field, and, and they have an agility hill and a sand pit. They got a swimming pool. I mean, like the stuff that they have, they literally have everything. And um, I, I, again, can't they just work out a practice schedule where one group would come in and then the and then go to the full service cafeteria, cafeteria, and or the training and relaxation center while the other team went out to practice, and and you make sure no one's looking at it. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, all I'll say is I have heard that the, the other fields are being utilized for other things, kind of like media night last night was probably on one of those fields. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they have a schedule where they're utilizing that facility in every way imaginable. But what you're suggesting seems thoroughly reasonable and easily doable. So, um, you know, maybe we'll hear, hear a pivot on this. But I, it wasn't like the full. From what I've been learned from Steve Young last night, you know, who had just talked to John Lynch, this is not like, oh yeah, it's kind of not great. It's like this is a big deal to the 49ers. Hmm. Media night last night in Vegas uh, to kick off festivities and big Super Bowl week. Who's the best interview on the Niners? Um, you know, George Kittle, who's a Bears fan, by the way, grew up a Bears fan. Um, is, is pretty awesome. I mean, he's, he's, he's pretty, he's, you know, he's lively, he's fun, he's interactive. He'll turn it on you and ask you questions. I mean, he's pretty good. Um, I don't know if they have anybody anywhere close to that good as far as, you know, lively and, uh, informative and, you know, gives you good answers. Fred Warner on the defensive side is pretty good too, but I would say it's for sure. George. Do you agree with this concept that this is the the complete team against a quarterback? That that seems to be the way we're portraying the Super Bowl, that you got the one singular player who is able to raise the level of his game and with his team against the, the group of, you know, pro bowlers all over the field. No. No, I don't I don't agree with that at all. I mean, Chris Jones is, to me, every time the Niners play the Chiefs, Chris Jones is a combination of Mean Joe Green, Aaron Donald, and Reggie White all rolled into one. I mean, he's just, he's awesome. And Legereus Sneed is a phenomenal player. Uh, Bolton, the linebacker, is super fast on that second level and instinctive. Uh, no, Andy Reid is, uh, is a right. force himself. Um, Pacheco is... Four three speed on a two hundred and twenty pound frame. Uh, Kelsey's a you know future Hall of Famer. I mean, there's the Chiefs are so much more than just Mahomes. Player or a coach who on the Forty ers has the most to prove in Super Bowl Fifty Eight? Well, it's no doubt it's Steve Wilkes. 
I mean, the 49er defense has gotten gashed in the run game. And in the last game, I mean, I'm the one who had to point it out to Shanahan that this effort that Chase Young and, and Kevin Givens showed on, on the Amir, on the Jameer Gibbs touchdown in the second quarter was just, you know, NFL preseason game number two level garbage and that it was totally unacceptable. And then Shanahan commented and the next day when Wilk sat down, he's like, that was embarrassing. I mean, you gotta be able to get your guys to play with more fire than he gets his guys to play with, or what, what are you doing? I mean, what, what would you say you do here? Kind of a thing. So, um, you know, I mean, I, I love Wilkes. He's a good guy. He's a, I think he's thoroughly competent, a former DB at Appalachian state. His strength is on the back end and coverage as a DB coach, but he's the coordinator here. And, you know, uh, accountability is a big part of the playing defense. And um, the Niners have not been very accountable the last couple of games. They've assured everybody that this, this, you know, this Cadillacing, if you want to call it such, um, won't happen in the Super Bowl. But I mean, it, that's to see that in the NFC Championship game was unbelievable. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It was a shocker, and you know, it kind of underscored this idea that the you know the bears got montez sweat who is the ultimate kind of try hard work hard guy and they got chase young and and you know a lot of people thought the bears should be going after chase young on that deal boy did they get the better of that one i'll, I'll be very curious to see how, where he ends up after plays like that on tape yeah i mean what kind of market there is right. i mean in the 49ers didn't the bears pay a a, a higher price for Montez. I mean, he, Montez is just better. I mean, yeah. I mean, I was advocating the, the yeah. Niners go after Montez um, and the bears paid a pretty high price and they also extended him at a pretty high figure. Yeah. 98 um, but million. You're talking, yeah. yeah. But you're talking about a guy who's one of the preeminent pass rushers in the sport. Now, Chase Young was better than Montez coming out of Buckeye land. And he was pretty good his rookie year, but then that knee he tore up that knee, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if he hasn't. He doesn't seem nearly as flexible. Um, and then obviously the motor is highly questionable at this point. He at least owned it yesterday and earlier this week, saying, "Hey man, I can't," you know. Now that it's, he's been confronted with his own film, the old saying, "You lie, I lie." The film doesn't lie. Well, he had to basically come out and say, "Hey, you know what? Uh, I got to be better." So. We'll see what he produces in this game. If he has a monster Super Bowl, I think all will be forgotten. He'll get a pretty good offer because he plays a premium position. But, you know, NFL coaches are can't unsee that, that NFC championship game. Ken, what is the concern level in San Francisco about Brock Purdy heading into the Super Bowl? None. I mean, there's no concern. Um, he, You know, Brock Purdy is, is you know – the it, the the real only concerns with Brock Purdy are what it was rust. I mean, he played a poor game off a 21 day layoff, and he doesn't necessarily deal with a wet football all that well. He struggled against the Browns in Cleveland in the in a game where there was some rain in the second quarter. In that second quarter, he couldn't get a grip on the ball. He made some real bad throws. He struggled on the rain uh, in the rain, you know, uh, against Green Bay. But um, with a dry football, I mean, this guy is – he is playing fantastic football. He makes good decisions. Um, he's accurate. The ball comes out on time. 
Um, he's yeah, no concerns with Purdy. I mean, he's he's played at a real high level. What what did you think of uh, of you know he's not among the top ten players on the team? Whatever Cam Newton said. Yeah, well, Cam Newton's a fool. I mean, that's <laughs> you know. Cam Newton, Cam Newton is is a one year wonder who made a business decision in the Super Bowl not to fall on a fumble at his feet, so he wouldn't get bruised up. I mean, Cam Newton, you know, buy another goofball hat and and you know, and and Gina. I mean, seriously, I mean, Cam Newton. I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, seriously, I mean, Cam Newton ought to shut his mouth because Cam Newton was. Brock Purdy's got more playoff wins right now than Cam Newton had in his whole career. Cam Newton got bounced out of the league at age 28 because he wasn't any good. So, I mean, I, I would say to Cam Newton, hey, bud, quit while you're behind. <laughs> That's awesome. He's hey, pretty accomplished quarterback. <laughs> hey, yeah, he's done okay for himself, but that was one where you're kind of like, what? Like, and they got great players. Don't get me wrong. You know, they got great players, but uh, – Kid's doing all right for himself. Thanks so much, uh, Larry. We appreciate it, and we'll be uh, we'll be talking to you soon. So we appreciate everything you're doing. God bless you. Hey, anytime, fellas. Thanks, Larry. That is Larry Kruger, 97.5 The Game in San Francisco. Great stuff. That was very well done. Very uh, outspoken, very opinionated. And uh, I think there's more support for Brock Purdy within – the 49er community in San Francisco than probably outside of it. Maybe people are looking at the playoffs. Look, Molly, he hasn't had a great playoff series. Or, no. Or, or, that's what I think, you know, that that's what I think prompts the question, and I think that's what the one he has to answer. He can't have a bad first half against the Chiefs and expect to be able to rally like he did in the first two playoff games. I think if he does that, that's asking for trouble. But, but I mean, the fact is, whatever whatever nonsense Cam was spewing, you think about where he fits in in his I, own team, and I'm talking about the offense, right? McCaffrey, um, Ayuk, Trent uh, 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 Williams, Kittle. I mean, they got they got a ton of talent that is ranked very high, and that I, you know, I mean. You know, maybe he's fifth or sixth, but, you know, it's not like he's the number one guy. And I don't mean that, you know, Creed, or not Creed Humphrey, who's the who's the, um, the other guy for the Niners I'm thinking of. They've got a uh, 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 another uh, we, pretty good player on their team. We did the exercise earlier in the week, yeah. and I think it was uh, outrageous to us because it seems as if like, Brock Purdy is one of the five finalists for NFL MVP. Right. But when you look at both sides of the ball, you could name oh, easily both sides of the ball. Yeah, five five players. That's what Cam Newton was doing. You could na- well, easily. I thought name- he said just on offense. I thought he said he's he's not not even in the top ten on offense. Or did oh, he say that, the team? Because then you're the adding team. in Bosa and those guys. I mean, that's that. that he might he's not be the, right. He he's not the fifth best player on his own team, but he is right. uh, one of the five finals for MVP, which is kind of a interesting dynamic and understandable distinction but i think yeah that's what i think cam newton was getting at he's and and, uh that was so correct about chase young that play was an embarrassment to have that even on your resume is just embarrassing given the stakes yeah you don't want to do that molly right now we're asking our listeners you can be the sixth caller to the scores contest line 312-540-0670 and win a pair of tickets to see sam hunt 
on the Outskirts Tour 2024. Special guests, Brett Young, Lily Rose, Saturday, February 24th at Allstate Arena. Going to be a great concert. Sam Hunt, Brett Young, and be the sixth caller. Scores contest line 312-540-0670. And we should let you know the big game coverage on the score is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. We've got... Uh, Dan and Lawrence will be talking to them next. It's Mully and Haw on the score.